booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. All right, that sound of that machete attack against three NYPD officers happened New Year's Eve. It's now being investigated as a possible terror attack. Well, New York state lawmakers have given themselves a big pay raise, okay, by New York's Governor Hochul. Law enforcement still looking for evidence against quadruple Idaho murder suspect Brian Koberger. New York's Cardinal Timothy Dolan to attend Pope Benedict's funeral in Rome. He's on his way. And the New York Giants, they've made the playoffs for the first time since 2016. Well, the NYPD and the FBI investigating after three officers were attacked by a man with a machete. This happened just blocks away from Times Square on New Year's Eve. The attack on these officers being investigated now as a possible incident of terrorism. That's because of online postings and the method of the attack by this 19-year-old suspect, Trevor Bickford, according to law enforcement sources. The attack happened right near 52nd and 8th Avenue just after 10 p.m. on Saturday, just hours before the ball dropped in Times Square. New York City's Mayor Eric Adams visited the officers. I spoke with uh, Paul as he was being stitched up, and he was in good spirits. Uh, He understood uh, that his role saved lives. All three officers were hospitalized initially, one with a fractured skull and another with a bad cup were expected to recover. All three officers were released from the hospital on Sunday evening. Bickford took an Amtrak train to New York on December 29th. He came to New Year's Eve in New York City from Wells, Maine, and federal and local law enforcement officials are now starting to look through his online postings that preliminarily indicate recent extremist Islamic radicalization. In her final official act of 2022, Governor Kathy Hochul of New York approved a law increasing the annual pay of state lawmakers by $32,000 making them the highest-paid state legislature in the entire country. Legislators in New York State Senate and Assembly will earn $142,000 a year. Now, that tops California state lawmakers. Meanwhile, Hochul took the oath of office on Sunday in Albany, New York. State your name. Hi, Kathy Hochul. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That I will support. That I will support. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution. And the Constitution. Of the state of New York. Of the state of New York. So this new law on salaries approved by Hochul will also place limits on how much state lawmakers can earn outside of their jobs as elected officials, though exceptions will be made for pension and investment income. The outside pay limit takes effect in 2025. Law enforcement continues to piece together the murders of those four college students in Idaho, University of Idaho. They say that the suspect, who is now under arrest, wore gloves in a supermarket weeks afterwards, according to a new report. Moscow's police chief says the suspect's vehicle is in police custody, but not the knife, the murder weapon. Charging the defendant, Mr. Kohlberger, with four counts of first-degree murder. 
In addition to felony burglary, which involves entering the residence with the intent to commit the crime of murder. 28-year-old Brian Koberger under arrest. He was often in the same location as the three sorority sisters and one of their boyfriends before he allegedly slashed them to death as they apparently slept at an off-campus house weeks ago. A source close to one of the case's investigators told the Daily Mail. Here is Prosecutor Bill Thompson. We are still looking for all pieces of evidence. Now, Kohlberger plans to waive his extradition hearing this week, according to his attorney, to expedite his return to the gem state where he faces four counts of first-degree murder. Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI died Saturday. He was 95, and Cardinal Timothy Dolan of New York is on his way to Rome to attend his funeral and pay final respects. I can't claim to have been, you know, in his inner circle, that's for sure, but... Boy, I treasured my time with him. I respected him immensely. And as you just noted, I owe him a lot. He's the one that uh, appointed me to be Archbishop of New York. And after eight years as pontiff, Pope Benedict became the first pope in 600 years to resign in 2013. Well, for the first time since 2016, the New York Giants have made the playoffs. Quarterback Daniel Jones threw two TD patches in their win yesterday, 38 to 10 against the Colts. 77 WABC News Time, 507. All right, time for a look at traffic, transit, and weather. Deb, we've got a pretty good ride out there, um, but we have an accident on the FDR Drive southbound at Houston Street. Not too much traffic behind it. Northbound FDR looking fine all the way up to the Harlem River Drive. In New Jersey, the Turnpike, the Garden State Parkway, all looking good. Route 3 and 495 approaching uh, the Holland Tunnel and Lincoln Tunnel, both moving fine. You have in Westchester County some construction on the sawmill northbound, no access to Route 119, and northbound on the Bronx River Parkway, there is also construction by the Cross County Parkway. Southbound Springboro Parkway, one lane closed from the Bronx River into Leewood Drive. In Orange County, 218 is closed between Cornwall and West Point. Gets a little bit dicey there in the winter. The Tappan Zee Bridge moving fine, Westchester bound and Rockland bound. Out on the island, the LIE, Northern and Southern State Parkways are all quiet. There is construction on Wisconsin Highway at Stony Brook Road in both directions. Now, there's a weekend schedule going on for LIRR. You'll find uh, um, also number one trains at 34th Street. They are skipping 34th Street. They have signal problems. And alternate side is in effect today. From the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, partly sunny and mild today, high 54. Showers after midnight tonight could be some heavy rain toward morning, low 48. Rainy and warm again for tomorrow. 56 will be the high, then very mild overnight, only going down to 54. Afternoon showers on Wednesday, high 63. And then Thursday, we're in for some thunderstorms. That rain will continue through the day and a high of 52 degrees. We have 48 degrees now. I'm Lori Blanchard, Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, 77 WABC News Time 509. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. Uh, Lori, of course, covering for Joe Nolan, who I do believe is back with us tomorrow morning. Well, 10 guards and uh, four inmates killed in a stunning jailbreak triggered by gunmen in armored vehicles opening fire on a Mexican state prison. This happened right across the border from 
El Paso, Texas, where they have been inundated with migrants crossing the border. At least 24 inmates actually escaped in this chaos. The prison was under attack early Sunday and left 13 people wounded in addition to those 14 deaths, according to the Chihuahua State Prosecutor's Office. The jail has been racked by things like drug deaths as well as overdoses. Former County Commissioner Vince Bennett pushed for jail reform. This is why people need to pay attention to these types of issues. Uh, Cases can be very costly when they go to trial. If there's an individual uh, that dies in the custody of the county, you can bet that there's going to be some sort of lawsuit that follows. And taxpayers are often going to be on the hook for that. And gunmen in the bulletproof vehicles arrived about 7 a.m. Sunday at the Cerezo No. 3 State Prison and started shooting, officials said, according to the El Paso Times. And later Sunday... Mexican soldiers and state police finally were able to take back control of that prison, but not before more than 20 prisoners broke out. The state prosecutor's office said its officials were investigating the deadly incident. Back in August, there was also a riot at that jail. It broke out in the same prison and spread to the streets, killing 11 people. Well, deadly violence. New Year's Eve in Mobile, Alabama. Police said a suspect from a shooting left one person dead and Nine others injured New Year's Eve was in police custody. That shooting took place as thousands of people were attending the city's 15th annual Moon Pie Over Mobile New Year's Eve event. Here is Mobile's police chief, Paul Prine. Obviously shots, multiple shots rang out. certainly tell you that. I've got one deceased individual and nine other individuals that have been shot by gunfire who were at the local hospitals being treated. The, the perpetrators and the at least the deceased may have been known to one another. And uh, so I think that would give some comfort to all of us downtown that this was not just a random shooting uh, where a person lost their life. And Chief Prine also said the victims ranged in age from 17 to 57. They were all transported to local hospitals. The suspect taken into custody and expected to be charged with murder. The motive in connection with that in Mobile, Alabama, is unclear. All perspective, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, the Republican out of California, is still tussling with some members of his own party who are concerned electing him to be House Speaker would be a continuation of past and ongoing Republican failures. The 118th Congress convenes tomorrow. And no support from Illinois Republican Adam Kinzinger, who was a member of the January 6th Select Committee that investigated the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. Obviously shots, multiple shots rang out. I'll certainly tell you that. I've got one deceased individual. And Look, I mean, if you'd asked me five years ago, I would have said a pretty good one. Now I think he has cut so many deals uh, with bad people to get to this position, that I think he's not going to be a leader at all. I think he'll be completely hostage to kind of the extreme wings of the Republican Party. And uh, I frankly don't think he's going to last very long. Maybe he'll prove me wrong, but uh, it's sad to see a man that I think had so much potential just totally sell himself. He's the one that resurrected Donald Trump. The second he went to Mar-a-Lago a week or two after January 6th, he resurrected Donald Trump politically. So he owns everything that Trump says now as a candidate for re-election. On Sunday afternoon, McCarthy met with GOP leaders to try and rally support for his speakership vote tomorrow when the new Congress takes office. The embattled Republican leader 
conceded that rank-and-file members will be allowed to call for the Speaker's removal, though he wasn't clear about how many members would need to sign on to the motion, according to reports. And last week, the California Republican floated a congressional rule change that would make it easier to remove a House Speaker in exchange for his rise to the post, a key demand from powerful GOP opponents. Katie Hobbs takes the oath of office today to become Arizona's 24th governor and the first Democrat to hold the office since 2009. Power will transfer in a private ceremony at the state capitol as Hobbs formally takes over from Republican Doug Ducey. Hobbs is the outgoing secretary of state and was previously a state legislator. Republican candidate for governor Carrie Lake sued and lost claiming voter fraud in the gubernatorial election. Our election officials failed us miserably. What happened to Arizonans on Election Day is unforgivable. Tens of thousands of Maricopa County voters were disenfranchised. Now, I am busy here collecting evidence and data. Rest assured, I have assembled the best and brightest legal team, and we are exploring every avenue to correct the many wrongs that have been done. And Lake is sued but lost a public inauguration for Hobbs as planned for Thursday. 77 WABC News Time 515. Well, we teased it a little bit during the top five Giants in the playoffs. And with sports, Phil Dixon. Oh, Deb, absolutely. We're just about done wrapping up the penultimate week of NFL football. And yesterday we captured the highest of highs and the lowest of lows in the sport locally. Let's start off the week with a high note in MetLife where the New York Giants played one of their best games of the season, dismantling Jeff Saturday's Indianapolis Colts. Daniel Jones is starting off the new year strong in what was likely the best game of his career. Danny Dimes got four touchdowns himself, split evenly with two passing and two rushing. Here's Jones' final touchdown to push the Giants to a 38 to 10 win over the Colts. Fake. Jones. He's going to go in again. Touchdown. That cut courtesy of the great Kevin Harlan of CBS. With the win, the Giants now move to 9-6-1 on the season, but most importantly, as Deb alluded to before, clinched their first playoff berth since 2016. That's right, big blue fans, the drought is finally over. Well, we go from the highest of highs with the Giants to the lowest of lows with the Jets. Despite the great game from rookie cornerback Sauce Gardner on the defensive end, Gang Green just couldn't get anything brewing on the offensive end against the Seattle Seahawks. Only six points scored in their 23-6 loss for the Jets, and with the loss goes the team's playoff hopes. That's right, with last night's L... The New York Jets are officially eliminated from playoff contention. Over on the ice, all three local teams were in action. The New York Rangers went down south and top of the Florida Panthers 5-3. The Carolina Hurricanes flew north to edge out the New Jersey Devils 5-4 with the winner coming in shootouts. And the New York Islanders fall flat over out west in Seattle against the Kraken with a final score of 4-1. I'm Phil Dixon with 77 WABC Sports. All right, thanks, Phil. And for Justin Ellick, 77 WABC News Time, and now a 518. Usually at this time, we bring you the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. But you know what? As of this year, January 2nd is now a federal holiday. So the U.S. stock market is closed. And, of course, just want to remind you, too, that uh, the post office, USPS, will not be delivering your mail uh, and local post offices closed as well. But Priority Express Mail, however, uh, will be delivered today as well. And, of course, uh, Lou Dobbs will have that market update for you tomorrow morning at this time. 77 WABC News Time 519. Deborah Valentine, so glad to be back with you. I was listening during the uh, holiday vacation and heard listeners call in and say, Oh, we miss Deb. Where is she? Well, happy to be back with you. Looking at your local news, 
New York State's Attorney General, yeah, you know what, Letitia James said her office would be looking into truth challenged Representative elect George Santos of Long Island, even though James actually, listen to this, took cash from his 2022 opponent, the newly elected Republican congressman, as we have told you about during the 77 WABC early news, is facing a growing torrent of criticism after he admitted to fabricating key parts of his personal and professional resume. In addition to James, Santos also under investigation now by Nassau County's Republican DA and federal prosecutors. Santos is scheduled to be sworn in Tuesday as the 118th Congress convenes. James, as you know, is a Democrat. She was reelected to her statewide post this year, took a thousand bucks from ZE Creative Communications in December 2020 record show. The company is owned by communications professional Robert Zimmerman, the Democrat who Santos beat in the November midterms out on Long Island. Now, Robert Stranieri, a former state assemblyman from Staten Island, called it a conflict of interest. We'll see what happens with that. Heading over to the Bronx, uh, the concourse section of the Bronx, New York City's first murder of 2023 took place right in the Bronx just before 4 a.m. Police say somebody stabbed a man and a woman. This happened outside of a building on College Avenue during some kind of a dispute. Details are very sketchy at this time, but this man did suffer a knife wound to his chest and died. He was 63 years old. His name not yet released by the NYPD. And the 38-year-old woman, according to police, suffered a stab wound to her torso but survived. Police have not yet said if the two were related or not, and there is no word yet from investigators on what sparked that dispute. So New York City has seen its very first homicide up in the Bronx of 2023. Well, New York's governor, Kathy Hochul, is sworn in for her very first elected term as Sunday. As you know, she was a former disgraced Governor Andrew Cuomo's lieutenant governor, rose to the position of governor upon his resignation. And so she's making history as the first woman actually elected back in November to the position in the state. The Democrat launching her term as the 57th governor of New York said her goals were to increase public safety and to make the state more affordable. I will faithfully discharge discharge the duties, the duties of the office of the office of governor of governor. Of the state, of the state, of New York, of New York, according, according to the best of my ability, to the best of my ability. So help me God. So help me God. Welcome. All right. Hochul also called for making the state more affordable, citing the high cost of living. Also sworn in Sunday was Lieutenant Governor Antonio Delgado. Hochul's first lieutenant governor, you might remember, Brian Benjamin, resigned amid a corruption scandal after being arrested by the feds. Hochul, a native of Buffalo, she's 64 years old, defeated Republican Congressman Lee Zeldin, an ally of Donald Trump, in November's election to win the office that she took over in 2021 when former Governor Cuomo resigned in disgrace. Well, New York City apparently getting off to a good start in 2023. 77 WABC's Bob Brown explains. Mayor Adams is using the end of 2022 to praise New York City's post-pandemic comeback. He says the city is the number one hotel market for tourists. New York is becoming that attractive place for not only 
our international tourists, but also our domestic tourists. The mayor says an estimated 62 million people have visited New York City this year, and 72 million are expected to visit in 2023. He adds Broadway attendance is breaking records and returning to post-pandemic numbers. I'm Bob Brown for the 77 WABC Early News. Over in the Laurelton, Queens, a man in extremely critical condition following a double hit and run in Queens. Two drivers struck the 65-year-old as he attempted to cross Merrick Boulevard at 223rd Street in Laurelton. This happened just before 7 p.m. on Sunday. Police say neither driver stopped and police have not yet released information on the vehicles involved. The victim was taken to Jamaica Hospital. That is all we know so far. And we will bring you more details about that double hit and run when we know more. Now, uh, heading over to Park Slope, Brooklyn, an FDNY fire truck stuck in a sinkhole in Brooklyn after a pipe burst. It happened just after 2.30 p.m. on Sunday at 851 President Street in Park Slope. The water rose quickly, flooding neighboring homes. The water was pouring through the electrical panels and it could start a fire or something. So we don't even have a sump pump. So there's no way to get rid of this water. And it's just rising and rising. A female flood victim there who spoke to ABC7 crews originally responded to reports of a sinkhole when suddenly a second sinkhole appeared under the weight of the Fire truck. At first, inspectors thought there had been a water main break, and even though the area has a history of water main breaks, the mess is from a burst pipe inside of a neighboring home. They were able to pull that fire truck out. Well, Suffolk County police say they have arrested an Amityville, New York woman who allegedly falsely reported bomb and gun threats at the Smithhaven Mall on Sunday afternoon. Fourth Precinct officers responded to Smithhaven Mall in Lake Robe after a text message was sent to 911 reporting a bomb inside the mall at approximately 4.06 p.m. And a few minutes later, yet another text message from the same phone number indicated a woman had a gun in the mall. Officers responded, conducting a thorough search and determined there was no public threat at that mall. Following an investigation by Fourth Squad detectives, Tashia Morales, an employee of one of the mall stores, was arrested and taken into custody by police. Police say Morales is 28 years old of 803 Bayview Avenue. She is charged. She's charged with falsely reporting an incident in the first degree. She was being held overnight at the 4th Precinct and is scheduled to be arraigned at 1st District Court in Central Islip sometime later today. 77 WABC News, time 526, coming up with your traffic momentarily. Well, a new year means some new laws in New York will go into place for 2023. For example, people earning minimum wage will get a boost in their paycheck when it goes up to $14.20. However, this will not impact residents in New York City, Long Island, and Westchester County, which already have higher minimum wages. The federal minimum wage remains unchanged at $7.25. It was last raised July 24th, 2009. And the Paid Family Leave Act also expanded to add siblings to the definition of who qualifies as a family member. Another change. 77 WABC News time coming up on 529. Well, folks are making New Year's resolutions around New York City. New Yorkers thinking about those New Year's resolutions. What's yours? To get places on time. How about that, bud? I want to get more in shape. Obviously, that's usually a good one, right? Like, I'm always improving myself to become a better person. A university 
Jeff Scranton study shows about 40% of people will be successful with their New Year's resolutions, at least for the first half of the new year. I'm Bob Brown for the 77 WABC Early News. All right. If you made a resolution, good luck with that. In 77 WABC News Time, 529. If you miss the top five at five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com. 